Welcome Wildcats to Weber State Weekly, a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network. I'm your host, a man who once got a stop the fight and then got a ticket for his trouble from the cops, Colby Peterson. On the show today, we have a man who helped an old lady jumpstart her car only to be questioned two hours later by the cops while he tried to help her get home, Sean Lewis. That is way too long of a story. It takes about 20 minutes to tell, but no good deed goes unpunished. That's that's the story here. That's the theme. Yep. And we also have a man who threw a massive party. And the only thing the cops are mad about was that there was a DJ, Jared Christensen. Yeah, my wife took the ticket there. So, <laughs> but, you know, you got to fight for your right to party. <laughs> Certainly do. On today's show, guys, we got a player interview with us. We are excited to welcome freshman quarterback Bronson Barron to Weber State Weekly for the first time. Uh, excited to talk about Bronson, about his journey to Weber State, uh, having been a standout quarterback at American Fork back in 2018 when he graduated. Uh, we're also going to be talking volleyball this week. We're going to talk about week two, which happened down in Provo, played a tournament down there. Three matches to talk about, so we'll be going through that. And then we're also going to be playing a game called Lids. So we got I got some scenarios for our panel here today. We're going to put them through it. Ask them to put on their lid and uh, give me their take. But before we get into all that, uh, we, we want to encourage you all to subscribe to the show. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. All those are good places to find Weber State Weekly. Uh, you can also find us on social media. You may be watching us on social media right now. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Twitter is one of the best places to interact with the Weber State Weekly team, especially on game day. And we also have a Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly. You can support us in our work, trying to get some cool new tools and give you folks uh, even better experience trying to cover the team. So go to Weber State Weekly, patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly to learn more about that. Um, all right. So business handled there, guys. Now we want to welcome freshman quarterback Bronson Barron to Weber State Weekly. Bronson, thank you so much for taking a little bit of time to chat with us about your journey to Weber State and also the game on Thursday night. Yeah, for sure. Appreciate you guys for having me on. Yeah, we are really excited to chat with you, um, obviously, because of the opportunity to learn more about your journey, but also just kind of get inside the huddle a little bit. To talk to us about your mentality of being on the field out at Rice Eccles on Thursday night. So before we get into all that, I wanted to talk to you, Bronson, first about your journey. You were a standout quarterback at American Fork High School, graduated in 2018, was the Region 4 Offensive player of the year, basically the MVP on the offensive side of the ball in Region 4 that year, and a finalist for Gatorade Player of the Year in the state of Utah. Talk to us a little bit about that season, man, like how it all came together and kind of what was working for you. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> kind of crazy thinking about, about all that. It was a pretty long time ago. Uh, honestly, forgot about the Region 4 MVP and the Gatorade thing, if I'm being honest. Didn't even think about that until you brought it up but uh definitely a while ago yeah right? like yeah super long ago yeah um no it was great uh is playing at american fork was was awesome uh had a great team around me great players around me and so you know i was just able to sling the sling the rock throw it whenever i wanted uh had a great staff that was willing to let me do what i do best and that's throw the ball um so yeah, like it was cool. I grew up in American Fork. Always wanted to play for the Caveman and had the opportunity to to start for two years. Um, so yeah, it, it was fun. Uh, my time at American Fork was a great experience for sure. Yeah, Bronson, what was the 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 finishing? Uh, what got you over the hump to bring you to Weber State? What was what what sealed the deal for you uh, to come up to Ogden to play? 
<clears throat> yeah. Uh, so the recruiting process was was pretty. I don't know. I'd say difficult or uh, interesting. You know, Weber State actually offered me my sophomore year. They were my first scholarship offer, um, and I hadn't even started a, a varsity game yet. And it's actually Fessy Sataki offered me at a camp that I performed pretty well at, and he offered me then. And so they were my, my first scholarship offer, which, you know, when you get that first one, that first school has a, a pretty special place in your heart. And they did a great job throughout all of my high school, making me feel the appreciation and love from them. But, uh, you know, I, my recruiting process was a little bit different from others, I would say. Uh, I was being recruited by a lot of big FBS schools, Power 5 schools. But due to my uh, my decision to serve an LDS mission, um, a lot of schools uh, pulled scholarships or lost interest just because they couldn't wait for two years, which I understand. Um, but going back to, to the original question with, with Weber state, like I said, coach Hill um, and just the whole staff in general, they were always so willing to, to give me a call, check on, check in on me, show me the love, come to my football games, come to my basketball games. And the thing that I, I love the most was just coach Hill's honesty. Um, you know, you can kind of tell in recruiting which schools are, are being for real and which coaches are honest and coach Hill, that was his big thing was, was honesty. And that stuck out a lot to me. And then just seeing what he had done with, with turning the program around was, was really big. Um, at the time, coach Sataki with the offense, I liked what he was doing and I felt like I could come in and, and fit in really well. Um, so I would say just overall was the culture of Weber state uh, within the coaching staff and coming on my official visit and being around the players, you could tell that uh, competition and performing your best was expected. And that was always really big to me. So I didn't want to go to a school where everyone just kind of came in and showed up and did what they do, but you come in and you compete to be your best self. So you're the best team. And that's uh, something that you can see is, is carried on here at Weber state. And that's a reason why we're at where we're at. Yeah, definitely uh, a, a good opportunity. And luckily, Bronson, uh, after serving to your LDS mission, I guess you went to Ghana is what I read in your bio, came back to yeah. Weber State and had an opportunity to then uh, get back into the thick of things in the spring season. I'm sure that probably wasn't according to plan, uh, but came back and said, all right, we're playing spring football and uh, went through camp and you got the starting job. Talk to us a little bit about that process, man. I mean, I think it's really it's really a, a, a badge of honor and a sign of your maturity at the quarterback position to say, we're going to take this true freshman, he's going to come in, and he's going to be the guy opening up at Idaho State in, in Pocatello. Yeah, the process, man, it was, it was crazy. Like you said, coming back from, from Ghana, being in a third world country for two years, just walking around and, and teaching people about, about God and his love for each and his love for each and every one of us to then coming and playing college football. It's pretty dramatic. It's a big change for sure. Yeah. Um, but you know, the process of getting to where I'm at now, it was, it was, it was difficult for sure. Uh, honestly, the, the biggest focus when I first got to Weber state was the physical aspect, um, being able to put weight on that I had lost being in Ghana, um, being able to pick up speed that I had lost. And so it's mainly just the the physical aspect of things. And then once we got into that first fall camp, I guess you could say when we were practicing in the fall, uh, I'd come in super early in the mornings and uh, be able to watch a, lo a ton of film, you know, just trying to get down the playbook, trying to get everything down with the system, the offense. And so 
coming in those early mornings every day was kind of what helped me gain the confidence, I would say, to help me understand, like, yeah, I can play ball again. And so big props to, to Coach Hammer. He was so willing to, to wake up early to be there for me and answer the questions that I had so I could gain a better understanding of the offense. And so that was just something for me. It was if you want something, you have to outwork other people to get it. And so I just felt as though I was doing those little things of waking up early in the morning, staying after asking questions to, to get that starting job. Yeah, definitely. And like we said, you were the guy, um, ended up taking it over and getting it done. Yeah. Bronson, great job on, you know, last Thursday. It was great watching y'all play. Um, Nice to meet you, by the way. Um, I, nice I was watching, you. you know, from the TV and I was listening to the Pac-12 commentators and stuff. And one of the things that I really loved about your game on Thursday was kind of that sidearm, man. Like, tell me a little bit about that <laughs> sidearm throw. That was pretty sweet. Yeah. You know, it's just crazy thinking how much the game has changed. You know, you look back 10 years ago and if, if a quarterback was throwing a sidearm pass, like it was frowned upon. So uh, thank heavens for for Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes kind of yeah, changing that's Pat Mahomes style. move right there. <laughs> yeah, kind of kind of changing the style. But uh, you know, whatever you can do to deliver the ball and get it to a playmaker's hands, like you got to do it. And so, fortunately, I was able to change the arm angle and get a little sidearm action in there and complete the pass. <laughs> for sure, yeah, that was fun to watch. Hey Bronson, um, I'm felt like. Uh, First game of the season, I think the spring season really helped Weber State because you, you had some live game action as a freshman, so you didn't look quite as, as rattled. Uh, but coming in uh, to the Utah game, it looked like the first drive took a, a took some time to, to get settled down. It looked like you guys were a little bit amped up. But that second drive, it felt like you found something in the second quarter. Marching down the field, you came up short on the goal line. Um, I think there was three straight uh, – uh, uh, run plays there that uh, uh, thought we just kind of ran the same play to different directions three times in a row. Maybe that could have been a chained up coaching thing, but um, what was your mentality on that drive and what was clicking as you were going against that vaunted Utah defense? Yeah. You know, that, that driver, it was what 17 plays, 79 yard driver, whatever it was. It was a good sustained uh, drive. That's for sure. Yeah. It was, it was pretty good. Um, you know, it was just, it was nothing special. It was our game plan going into the game. It was what we had been practicing for the last two weeks going into the Utah week. And so it was just the stuff that we know what to do. And we were executing at a high level. Um, I was able to get the ball out of my hand and, and just give it to my playmakers. You know, it was things that we had seen um, through film. It was everything that we had prepared for, honestly. And so it wasn't anything special. It was just doing what we know what to do and executing, having all 11 of us execute. And like you said, obviously we had being stopped short on the, on the one yard line, not hurt and uh, super frustrating. But, you know, that's something that we'll clean up for sure. Going into the, to the rest of the season is a great film for us to watch. But yeah, talking about that drive and honestly the game, like we moved the ball pretty well offensively and it was just the things that we know we can do and the things that we had studied for. So just to, to go through your stat line, 21 to 33, 213 <clears throat> yards, touchdown and a pick. Pick really wasn't your fault uh, there. What did facing Utah do? How, how does facing a team like like from the Pac-12 like that help you as you prepare 
for the rest of the Big Sky season, um, especially teams like Jay Madison, uh, Eastern Washington, those top tier teams that that uh, we get to play this year. Yeah, it, it's it's big for sure. Um, like we said earlier, Utah's a great program and a lot of tradition, a lot of you know, just a great program, and their defense is is very good. Um, and so being able to understand like, Hey, like we did a pretty good job against that defense. Like we should be able to do what we did against them to every other team in the country. Um, especially when it comes to the FCS. And so I think it's just kind of helped us all understand like, Hey, we can compete with anyone. You know, there's not a big drop off from FBS to FCS. Like when you do your job, like you're fine. And so I would say just the the confidence and the the mental aspect of it of knowing like hey we can do this. Yeah, Bronson, and especially it felt like to me in the second half that you all kind of got your legs under you. Obviously, it was a heartbreaker to not be able to punch it through on that second quarter drive because things were clicking. You were able to get short passes, uh, running the ball efficiently, getting getting some yardage, and then just to come up a little bit short there. At, at the goal line was kind of a bummer, but it did feel like in the second half, things were working. We're moving the ball a little bit better. And so I wanted to ask, like, I mean, of course, like Sean mentioned, we're going to be seeing some tougher teams. Davis is just in a couple of weeks. JMU will be coming to Ogden this year. It'll be your first time facing them. Um, how, uh, how, how does a game like that? And then also in addition, how does the spring season co- prepare you for, what is going to be a pretty tough, um, I think, big sky schedule because you're going to be seeing Eastern Washington and Cheney. You're going to be going to Montana State's coming to Ogden. Like, I mean, is settling down in the second second half uh, against a team like Utah really help you get ready for some of those tough FCS tests that are coming? Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Um, being able to, yeah, like you said, kind of settle down and get in that rhythm is really big because we know those those tough opponents in the big sky, you know, the UC Davises, the JMU, the Ewash, like they're going to be pretty similar. And so, yeah, it, it's big being able to, to do those things that we are doing and keeping that rolling as we get into conference play. That's it's huge. Yeah. Quote here from Jeff Millard, speed of Utah's defense was crazy. Nice job avoiding those sacks. Only sacked three times in that game. So. Kudos to you and Appreciate also kudos that, to the offensive line. <laughs> yeah. And then also we we put it on the screen earlier. Most impressive thing that Brent Wayne's guard saw was you were avoiding pressure and completing passes. I definitely agree with that. I wanted to ask you also about a newcomer to the offense, um, someone who wasn't able to play in the spring but is now playing, Randall Grimes, transfer from UNLV by way of USC, uh, a talented wide receiver. Feels like you guys are starting to build some some chemistry there. Talk to me a little bit about that. Oh yeah, for sure. RG, like he's a weapon, no doubt. Uh, I'm super grateful that he made the decision to come here to help the offense out, to help me out. You know, it's something that we have, we've talked about is I need him and he needs me. And so as best as we can build that chemistry, we want to get to, to the max. Um, and so he is just a, another weapon. You know, we have weapons all, all over on the offense. I have Rashid Shahid, Tyler McPherson, Justin Malone, Hayden Meacham, like we have weapons everywhere. And so just adding him, it it's going to take some pressure away from those other guys, which is going to get more 
options to, to throw the ball to. And, you know, RG is a big body guy that I know I can trust to go up and, and make the tough plays. So super excited to have Randall and there'll be a lot of big plays coming from that guy for sure. Yeah, because like you said, it takes a little bit of pressure off of guys like T-Mac and then hopefully David Ames when he has the opportunity to come back. He was injured last week, uh, but also some of those other guys, Justin Malone was big tight end, uh, but a little bit, of, you know, nice to spread the ball out. And it seems like also Coach Matt Hammer and Coach Hill talked about how you'd also like to see get the ball into Rashid Shahid's hands a little bit more as a wide receiver. And so it felt like there was a concerted effort there as well to throw the ball yeah. to Rashid. Yeah, definitely. Shout out to Rashid for a hundred yard kickoff return too. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, for sure. A quick question for you, if you don't mind. So in the game, I watched you. So I pay attention to weird things, I guess. I saw you come down on your, I think it was your left Mm -hmm. leg, a little awkwardly, like a little mini mini hyper extension type thing. And then a few plays later was when you're rolling out, you did the scramble throw and then you popped up little bit. Some of the commentators appeared to s- assume that it was something with your hamstring. Do you have anything that you could like share with what was going on there? Any tweak that anything happened or what was going on there? Uh, no, 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 don't worry. We're all good. We're healthy. We're strong. So there's nothing there. Just little, little cramp. So there's nothing too serious. Just a little cramp, nothing with the hamstring, just in the muscle. Yeah. No, I, yeah. So we're all good, healthy, hundred percent ready to go. Awesome. Yeah. It looked, it looked, you know, a little interesting, like the way that you landed, but then right after that play, you popped back <clears> up, like maybe your knee bent backwards a little bit. And then a few plays later is when, you know, you were rolling out and then the hamstring little concern popped up, but it looks like it was just a cramp. Yeah. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, it's nothing major. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I mean, I figured you played the rest of the game. So <laughs> That's true. Uh, that's one thing that I was worried about. Same, uh, Jared, watching that, it felt like maybe Bronstein might have to come out of the game, but uh, you were in, you know, that was the very end of the series there. And then, you know, defense got on the field. Then the next series, you were right back out there. So it was good to see you out there. Um, pretty good. Well, Bronson, I uh, really want to appreciate you. Thanks for taking a little bit of time to talk to us a little bit about the, about, uh, the game Thursday night down in Salt Lake City course uh you'll be down in saint george on saturday night eight o'clock playing against dixie state the trailblazers so um dixie's oh. first i guess tech, uh, it's not their first year because since they had the spring but this will be uh the first opportunity for the two teams to meet looking forward to seeing you in action down in saint george and hopefully uh get another dub uh real real soon yes for sure we're excited no doubt yeah, appreciate you, man. Start Thanks. of a new rivalry. That that one will uh the eclipse some other rivalry game that's going on at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty big deal. Uh, Bronson Baron, thanks so much awesome. for coming on Weaver State Weekly. Well, appreciate you guys. Have a good night. Thanks, yeah, Bronson. We'll see you, man. We'll see you. Thank you. All right. We want to thank Bronson Barron once again for taking a little bit of time to chat with us here at Weber State Weekly. Um, a lot to come from that young man, a true freshman technically this year. It doesn't have, a, he will be taking the opportunity of the advantage of that spring season now coming into the fall season. We'll be leading the Wildcats hopefully as the season goes on and um, excited to see him in action once again on Saturday. So now, guys, before we go to volleyball, want to shout out our sponsor really quick, WildcatRack.com. Wildcat Rack is one of the best places to get your officially licensed Weber State gear from a 
group of folks that care about the purple and white just as much as you do. Go to wildcatrack.com and check out some of the designs. There should be some new things coming up on the horizon. But as it sits right now, from what I'm hearing, JMU, the first home game of the season on September 18th, will be blackout. And there are a couple of black designs on the website for you to check out, wildcatrack.com. So now, guys, let's talk a little bit about volleyball. Um, man, it's gonna be gonna be really interesting because Weber State really showed out. I think this this uh, this week against a good BYU team took number thirteen in the country all the way to five sets. Ended up coming back and suffering at the hands of Michigan State, losing in straight sets. But then Saturday, coming in, um, taking care of business against Dixie State to get back on the right track. So, guys, I want to start out with just the the weekend overall. How, how are we feeling about this volleyball team now that they've played some of the toughest opponents they've seen on the schedule yet? Jared, to lead it off. Yeah, you know, I think that BYU is a tough match for sure. And so it's great to see them come back with a win against Dixie State. Um, very optimistic about their season. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they can do this week. Um, excited about in-conference play. Uh, it's just going to be fun to see them facing up against teams in conference. But yeah, overall, I think that loss to BYU, you know, you can't get mad about that at all. Um, you know, it's a little frustrating for sure. Like we would love to see that win, but seeing them come back against Dixie state, um, you know, that was just a, just a great thing for the volleyball team. I, I'm excited to watch them compete against big sky conference teams. For sure. So, so, so for feel? me, I'm feeling really good about this. I watched most of that BYU match, um, some of the the Michigan State match. I didn't get to catch the Dixie match at all, but um, I th- here's my takeaway: you take an in-state rivalry game, whatever you want to call it, um, and a number thirteen team in the country to five sets, um, you're doing something right. And there's a lot of emotion, a lot of grit. Um, the the team never gave up in that BYU match. I think they just ran out at a little bit of gas, um, had a, a couple of little bad luck in, in that fifth set. Um, but they they played their hearts out. And credit to uh, Coach Larson and, and the team. Uh, I don't think we could have asked anything more from that BYU game. I think the Michigan State loss, while disappointing, I don't think Michigan State is anywhere near uh, as tough as BYU was, I think the emotion and the adrenaline from the BYU game didn't carry over to the Michigan State game. I think a little bit of disappointment. I think we were just tired, right? You're playing back-to-back games like that. I, I, I'm gonna say I, I, I'll give them a mulligan on on the Michigan State game, um, just for those reasons. I think they just burned a lot of emotion and and stuff against BYU. Beating Dixie, um, this is I'm a I'm a homer. I get it. Um, I don't think we should ever lose to Dixie State in any sport. Right? <laughs> it's <man>. just that's <laughs> where I'm at with them. But for for Dixie, I I I think we uh, 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 got them. You know, we we took care of business to get on the right track. I have no doubts. If you're taking the number 13 team in the country to five sets, I have no doubts that we're going to be successful in in the Big Sky Conference season uh, to defend our title. So I, I have no issues with that. It was a good overall weekend. Uh, they faced some adversity. They faced some teams that they might face or style-wise teams that, like they may, might face in the NCAA tournament should we get that far again this season. So I, I think all in all, it was a good, good tournament and a, and a good showing by the Wildcats. 
Yeah, I think you're right, Sean, because the the level of talent and the quality of the teams that the Wildcats saw this weekend, I think, prepares them well. And I think also this week, you know, they'll be facing a couple of really good tournament teams from the state. They'll be facing UVU on Wednesday night, then taking a drive down to Salt Lake on Thursday night to take on the Utes. Both of those teams played in the in, in the NCAA tournament last year or in the spring, I should say. As as did Brigham Young, so we were the, those were the four teams from the state of Utah that ended up going to the NCAA tournament, and the Wildcats will be facing all of them. So I like what you're saying, Sean. Where it's like this is a good opportunity to kind of understand how to play at a high level, and also maybe how to learn to bounce back a little bit because that Michigan State uh, match was definitely difficult. It did seem like there was a little bit a little bit of energy that wasn't quite in the gym as there had been the night before, but. Like you said, there's a lot of emotions that go into a match like that, and just coming away empty is just, um, yeah, really, uh, really kind of a bummer. We got a, we got a good comment right here from AC telling us Utah is now a volleyball state, and I tend to agree. Four teams in the con- in the tournament, the NCAA tournament last season, that's not nothing, folks. This is a good volleyball state, and the Wildcats are going to get some really good opportunities this uh, non conference schedule. One thing that stands out to me um, in that BYU game, 80 digs by the Wildcats, which is by far season high until we had uh, 82, I think I see here against Dixie State. Um, but keep being able to keep those rallies alive, keep keep the ball in the air. Um, great, great job by by the Wildcats to do that, especially in that tough, tough environment. I mean, the Smithfield House is not an easy place to play for any team going in, especially when BYU volleyball is ranked. No, nah, yeah, it's a quality opponent for sure. So I wanted to kind of work our way through a few of these matches, guys. We'll just take a couple of minutes with each, and I just wanted to talk about some things that stood out to you as we kind of work through each of them. So I want to start with the Brigham Young match. Um, Sean, you've already noted 80 digs in that one. Um, an interesting thing to me, the Wildcats struggled a little bit when it came to uh, uh, receive serve, and they were... BYU ended up scoring 11 aces. That sounds like our MO, not theirs. So a little bit of a struggle there to receive the ball as it came. Um, Jared, anything in particular that stands out to you from that Brigham Young match? I just like the tenacity, you know. Um, Started out with a loss and then we battled back, right? So the first game we lost and then it was just kind of a back and forth. And I really like that we took it all the way to five and it was just a you know, just a great opportunity for them to prove something against a ranked team. So I thought that was awesome. Just watching them battle each game was a mat, like a battle, right? It wasn't just anything, just turnover. So that's, that's some of my biggest takeaways there was, was that there that they just kept fighting no matter what. Yeah. AC stealing, uh, stealing my idea here. I was about to mention this, but AC's done it for us here in the comments. Rylan Adams career high kills against BYU. She had 25. So I mean, big time game, big time match from our all American outside hitter. I mean, what more can you want in a matchup like that where you need big kills coming through to keep that match alive? So now let's talk a little bit about that Michigan State match. A little bit more difficult. Uh, like we said, didn't quite go the same way, but the Wildcats got back to winning ways, I guess, in a way. They were able to, they had eight aces in that game to Michigan State's five. Sean Lewis. What stood out to you in that match? Something the, to take away. I know, I know that they lost in straights and, and you never want to see that, but looking at the score, 25, 20, 25, 22, 25, 20, the Wildcats were in that match every game. 
right? They they were there. A couple yeah. things go their way. Maybe maybe we don't lose in straights. Um, but but I, I think they played tough. Like I say, I think it was the emotion of the BYU game to the and the disappointment of losing that in five cents in five sets. Uh, yeah, carrying over to the to the next day uh, on the quick turnaround. So um, I, I don't want to fault the Wildcats for Michigan State at all. I, I think they played well. Um, it just just didn't have enough to get it to to get over the line on that one. Yeah, in my view, I think that the the statistic that sticks out to me quite a bit is um, the hit percentage and the blocking. Uh, Michigan State did a really good job on the net uh, blocking the Wildcats and lowering that hit percentage because they had their opportunities, but they just weren't finding the floor. So credit to that Michigan State front line. Uh, they were keeping the ball up in the air and also you know, sending it back rather quickly. I think that um, the hit percentage and, of course, like I said, the blocking is really kind of the, the, the tail of the tape in a way, or it was kind of what that match boiled down to because had the Wildcats been able to break through that front line a little bit more, I think we see a different match. Jared, what about you? Yeah, you know, I just think that overall competitive, you know, competitiveness. Like, I just loved watching what they could do out there on the on the court. You know, like just never giving up. Michigan State was a, you know, battle. As Sean said, and then Dixie State. You know, like you know, we let them get that first game, I believe, and you know, we just kept battling. Like that's the main thing is that competitiveness. And that's what I love about the volleyball team is they just don't give up. They just don't stand away from competition, BYU, Michigan state, whatever, like they're in those games. And then they took it out on Dixie state. (laughs) (laughs) That's very true. And so let's talk a little bit about that one now, guys. Uh, Obviously, like we said, ended up losing to Michigan state in straight sets, um, uh, zero to three. Um, That's okay. Came back the next day was Saturday match. And like Jared said, started off a little bit slow against Dixie State. Ended up losing that first match to the Trailblazers, 25-23. So like you noted, Sean, you're in the match at that point. You're, you're, you're right there. You just, um, just didn't quite get there. But what stood out to you, Sean Lewis, in uh, that Dixie State? And what do you think helped the Wildcats get back on track and back to winning ways? Just going over the stats, I think it's defense. Um, if I'm reading this correctly, uh, we held Dixie to a zero point or 0.098 hit percentage. Um, and and I'm not smart as as to volleyball statistics, but it seems to me that about uh, 285 300 is where, where you want to be on 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 hit percentage. And and it seems like we held Dixie way below uh, where that was. So it was the defense that that shown through for the Wildcats uh, on Saturday. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, did hold Dixie State to that point zero nine eight hit percentage. So uh, the front the front line definitely showed up, definitely keeping the ball off of the floor and sending it back over as as much as they could. Uh, I believe that Ashland Power ended up with um, she ended up with forty three assists in four sets. So she had fifty in the BYU match so that and that one went to five so that just kind of shows you you know the impact that ashland power had for the wildcats in that dixie state set uh jared what about you any any notable statistics on this dixie state matchup before we wrap up the segment you know no no major thoughts here um i'm just going to keep reiterating like I, i love their comeback you know um 
just just fun to see what they're doing. I'm excited for the season all around. So it's a great start to my to the season, even though you know some of us might be a little disappointed in the in the overall record, uh, just like with football. But you know you got to take that with a grain of salt when the the schedule is definitely top heavy. Um, so excited to see what we can do in conference. I saw a couple of the Northern Colorado folks get, get, you know, the big sky honors of the week. So I'm excited to see our Weber state wildcats start stepping up there and and getting those, you know, we had some tough matchups this week. So overall, just really excited about what we can do. It's good to start out the Dixie state week with a win, you know, so, so really excited about that. And that's, you know, the extent of it. I'm honestly getting into the groove of volleyball again, ready to start rocking and rolling with volleyball. Um, so honestly I have, I need to get more into it. So, um, looking at the stats line though, you know, just great to see these folks stepping up, Rylan Adams, uh, Danny Nay, just doing some great stuff there. You know, we mentioned in the, in the BYU game, you know, Rylan Adams having a record high, um, with kills, but Danny Nay was right behind her with 22. So, so that's just three kills behind. So just a great game there. So excited to see a lot of good things step up. But, you know, I know I know I went off topic there, no. Colby. My apologies. But excited to see what we can do in conference, right? This is what we're going to do. We're, we're setting us up great with some great competition early on, um, getting the ladies ready to face some, some competition here in the big sky. And I'm excited to see the conference play start happening. Yeah, definitely the case. Like you said, Jared, uh, big time plays from both Danny Nay and Rylan Adams this weekend uh, makes makes a big difference in getting everybody kind of in uh, in game shape for when conference play starts in a couple of weeks. Sean Lewis, you had something? True, good, really, really good matchup with UVSC coming up on Wednesday night. Um, to uh, uh, the uh, again, and I'm I'm tongue in cheek on UVSC, but but the UVU match like uh, that's a tournament team. Um, they're uh, Closer to, um, I, I think Weber's ahead of them, but I think it's it's a, a closer as far as talent level um, than than what we may have saw against BYU. Um, but uh, excited to see that. Let's see the Swenson get filled up on Wednesday night. Support these ladies, uh, defending Big Sky champion uh, volleyball team. Yeah, um, Wednesday night. I think it's six six o'clock is going to be that one. That's going to be a special game because they will be handing out the rings for that conference championship we saw in the spring and talked a lot about on this show. So the ring ceremony will be on Wednesday night, along with the unveiling of the conference championship banner in the Swenson. So a good opportunity to get up to the Swenson and watch these ladies play a good team in UVU, who, like we said, played against played in the tournament last year or in the spring. And uh, from what I understand, I'm hearing from an inside source that uh, it's going to be white out. So get your white shirts and uh, get out there. Well, I mean, shameless plug, Weber State Weekly. I mean, Wildcat Rack's got a, they got a really great volleyball shirt on their website and it's white. Go check it out. I need to get one, Colby. I need yeah, I mean, to get one. It's, I mean, it's perfect. It's just perfect for this game. So throw out a discount code. <laughs> I'll have to create one. Yeah. <laughs> I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't done that. Uh, yeah, usually, so we got white out on Wednesday night and then a blackout on Saturday or uh, not not this Saturday, but a couple of Saturdays from now. Saturday, yeah, against JMU. I guess yeah, you can so, black out if you want to go to Dixie State too. <laughs> I'll be there, man. I will uh, definitely be there. Nice. So, um, like we said, folks, uh, going to be up at the Swenson on Wednesday night. Uh, make sure to get that check. Check that out. Uh, AC definitely enjoys your shade, <laughs> Sean Lewis with UVSC. <laughs> I love that shade too. And then, uh, and then, like we noted, guys, there will be uh, another match the following day down at Utah 
They'll be playing. The Wildcats will be taking on the Utes in their gym, and that's another tournament team, so we'll see how that goes. So big week of volleyball once again for the ladies. So with that, let's go to our next segment, fellas. I have come up with a game called Lids. I'm going to ask you guys to put on your... I'm going to ask you guys to put on different, a few different hats here. So I prepared some, some scenarios for you. And uh, I'm going to get your takes. So let's start out with the first one. Really excited to talk about, obviously, football. Just had Bronson Barron on. Um, got to see the, the offense and the defense in action against the Utes. And so preparing for DSU, I want you guys to put your offensive coordinator hat on, okay? You get to pretend to be Matt Hammer for a minute. What adjustments do you make for Saturday's game against DSU? And if you didn't see it, you had an opportunity to rewatch Sac State play DSU on ESPN Plus. You can go to their archive and rewatch that game if you want. Any adjustments you guys are making as we head into a Saturday matchup down in St. George? John Lewis. As, as offensive coordinator, the only thing I'm concerned about was the penalties um, in the second half against Utah. It could be noise, could be anything, just execution, um, just just a couple of penalties. But as far as actual game plan as to what the Wildcats are trying to accomplish on offense, I don't change a single thing. Mm. Jared Christensen, what about you? You're the offensive coordinator. What do you what do you switch up? I change up. A, a few things, especially our red zone offense, right? <clears throat> um, didn't love how we didn't finish that drive in the first half. Definitely need to punch that ball in. That game would have been a completely different ball game if we had punched that in there late in the second or in late in the first half. Um, so I, I would, I would kind of question myself, right, and say, what do I need to do to put this ball in? Um, and I think we kind of figured that out late in the game. Um, with all of our run plays, we did so many quarterback keepers like over and over and over again. If I was the offensive coordinator, which, you know, my credentials are, I can coach little league football. So that's how great I am at coaching. So don't take, you know, take my advice, but I, I really think that we can improve our offensive play calling there in, in the, in the red zone, when we're ready to punch the ball in, we got to get that ball in, whether that means do that, you know, that yeah. sneaky little tight end, you know, pop pass there to them after we fake the run up the middle, you know, with the play action or, you know, I think we got to get away from the, from the quarterback keepers there in the red zone. Um, we tried it with two different quarterbacks, like three different plays or so, and it just wasn't, wasn't happening. So I think maybe we, we resort to the pass play there and maybe take advantage of Rashid Shahid there in the, in the red zone and get some speed going through. Um, but honestly, I think overall, I'm happy with the way we played offense. Just a couple improvements there. Um, and that was one of my major concerns there, as I stated in our Weber State Weekly um, preseason picks. <clears throat> my, my, main, my biggest concern is offensive play calling and tempo there. So I think we did pretty good against Utah. Really think we can punch the ball in a little bit more. Game would have been completely different had we done so there late in the first half. Yeah, I think you're so, right. So, Jared, I I, I want to maybe challenge this a little bit and and just philosophically, yes. Overall game plan, not changing a thing. Situational game plan on the one yard line, I'd change a whole heap of a lot, right? And right. and and I and I think that's the difference. I, I think for me, I think the the overall game plan that the Wildcats had, I, I think. They were pretty balanced. They were trying to do some things, uh, seeing what Bronson Barrett could do. Um, but 
I, I I think that running the same three plays or similar three plays in that red zone situation that you brought up, a little bit of hubris on Matt Hammer's part, maybe to to say, hey, maybe we can run this again, just a different direction and see a different result. I don't know. Um, different direction. That's where I would change. Player. Yeah. You know, yeah. th- threw Cooper in there. You know, it was it was kind of interesting to see all that happening. Um, I, and I think it was really just to maybe get some people some experience, right? Like, even though this game does mean something, does it really? You know, like as we see in the rankings this week, it obviously does if you can pull out the W. But like, maybe they're maybe Matt Hammer's just trying to get some experience there in the red zone with multiple people and running a few different options. Maybe he's even like showing different completely different plays and what he's planning on rolling against FCS teams to get that ranking up, you know, who knows for sure what they're doing. I know when I played JV, not that this was a JV game by any means, but that it was the day before varsity in in high school and JV coach was always like throwing some random offense we've never heard of before to throw the defense off for the next week. And maybe that was happening. I don't think so. I think I'm sure Matt Hammer was really just driving away at what they're trying to do in the regular season, but who knows? Maybe they were just trying not to show all their cards here early on in the season. Yeah, one thing I would say to that guy. play from uh, Witt's handbook with that, right? Sorry, yeah. Colby. No, I think you're right. There. Also, maybe maybe that's a key component of it as well. Not showing all your cards uh, in a game that you know you're probably not going to win, even though you obviously want to win. But I, but one thing I want to say to you guys, though, is that play to Clay Moss, you know, that sort of that, that play where he's he's I mean, he's free. If he catches the ball, it's a touchdown. Uh, it's just a little bit of execution there. I think that play wins. And so, uh, like I said, maybe some some slight adjustments did get an opportunity to see Creighton Cooper come in, which was nice. Uh, but, yeah, we'll we'll see kind of how things change because red zone definitely was an issue for the Wildcats in the spring season. So now, guys, I want you to flip. I'm going to have you put on your defensive coordinator hat. You get to be Coach Hill or Coach Duff or uh, anybody else who's calling the defense. I can't remember the third coach we've been calling the the defense this season what unit do you make sure is extra ready for the defense in dixie at dixie state this this saturday i'm I'm probably working with the defensive backs um i I think there was some talent size advantages that utah had um but and i don't want to blame officials but a couple of pass interference calls that that maybe have been questionable, but technique means a lot in those types of judgment calls. So maybe working with the defensive backs like that, um, if I recall correctly, and, and maybe I was up getting a soda at this point, but I, if I recall correctly, we held Utah on the goal line, just like they held us uh, and stopped exactly. them in the, in the second half. So um, I'm, I'm going to say uh, our goal line defense, uh, the, the scheme has always been bend, but don't break. Right. Um, you, you're willing to give up chunk plays in the middle of the field. You lock it down at the end of the field in the red zone. Um, so I, I think that we can roll with the same type of game plan because the talent level between Utah and Dixie state are so far different that you don't need to change up things. And, and we're, 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 uh, treating this like, a uh, uh, I don't want to say it's a, I, let's just put this out there. I'm worried about Dixie state being a trap game. Cause we, we don't want to look past them uh, to the other teams. Let's roll to answer your question. Colby, let's roll with the same way. Uh, Jeff Millard agrees with me on the DBs. Um, but uh, let's, let's, let's roll with what we've got and see where we're at on that different level. Um, I don't, I don't think we need to make wholesale changes right now. 
Yeah. Chappy hooking me up in the comments here. Coach Dale is the third person who will be, I guess, only really only the second working with Coach Hill on the defense this season. Jared, what about you? And don't forget uh, Gary Anderson is a defensive advisor. It's true. Also, uh, Coach Gary Anderson will be advising on the defensive side of the ball as well, something that he knows super well. Jared, what about you? Your defensive coordinator, um, which group are you going to spend a little extra time with this week to make sure that they're ready for that Dixie State game? You know, like Sean, I really think that we played a pretty solid overall defensive game, which it wouldn't show there in the, you know, with the score, I guess, with the 23-point game. But really, those were late fourth quarter, late game touchdowns that they scored two of them late. So it was a lot closer than the score indicated. As we all know, as we were state fans, I don't need to say that to us all. But I would really tighten up. You know, the DBs were looking pretty solid. I really liked our out, like our tackling. Like we had a lot of solo tackles out in the outfield or not in the outfield, like out in the field, right? Like where they're just them, like one person making the tackle, making the stop, putting them on their back, especially that first drive for Utah. Like I was like going crazy watching how hard we were putting hits on. Like you couldn't really see the major difference between FCS and FBS at that point. I don't think it was like very prevalent at all during the game getting to my point of who I what I would do for defense um you know I really think that our defense we could put a little bit more pressure on the quarterbacks there um so you know to help our to to help our defensive backs out and maybe that's just a big guy on me the you know the I've played lineman my whole life kind of mentality but everything starts there in the trenches and if we can make that make that make it rushed a little bit more make them have to scramble quicker um, in the past game and and then enclose a little bit more. As Jay Hill said, we allowed a few too many seams there um, against Utah. If we can tighten those seams up there further up on the line of scrimmage, I think that we're going to be a lot so- more solid. But going to Sean's point, we don't really need to like adjust to a whole lot, right? We don't want to look past these guys, but I think overall we played a, played a pretty solid defensive game. Um, I was really excited about that. Like I was going nuts, honestly, in those first few plays, um, first few series where we were just putting the hit down on these guys and letting them know, hey, you know, Weber State's not not just some, you know, JV team. They're going to come out here and put the hit down on you. So I'm excited to see that continue happening. And hopefully we don't look past Dixie State. Yeah, definitely the case. So that, fellas, was the game called Lids. Appreciate your takes on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball. Um, really looking forward to that Dixie State game on Saturday night. Like I said, I will be in attendance uh, and looking forward to it. So if anybody else is there, make sure to, you know, send us a message, tweet us, send us a DM on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever. And uh, if you want to meet up, let's do it because we're going to be down there. We're going to be excited and um, can't wait to watch some football in person. Uh, this Wildcat team is good. So now, guys, we got some upcoming events this week. Uh, we've noted a few of them. Wednesday, September 8th, volleyball will be taking on UVU at 6 p.m. in the Swenson Gym. Uh, if you're not able to make it up to the gym, you can watch that match on ESPN Plus, which, guys, ESPN Plus, so nice, right? Did you did you enjoy ESPN Plus this weekend? It was great. Yeah. Anyway. For sure, I, yeah. I, 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 I've <laughs> enjoyed the... Uh, upgrade in quality uh over our previous uh uh streaming provider yeah for sure man i was really enjoying just being able to flip through games you know watching watching this fcs match up you know watching this volleyball match it was just, just great i'm really loving this espn plus thing so then thursday september 9th volleyball again they'll be taking the trip down to salt lake to play at utah that match will be at 7 p.m not sure if it'll be on pac 12 network or what um the, these away matches are a little bit tough as we 
we'll kind of wind through this non-conference schedule. So I might have to do a little bit of digging there. Uh, Friday, Saturday, September 10th. Sorry, sorry, Friday, September 10th. Soccer will be taking a trip down to Vegas, playing at UNLV. That match will be at 8 p.m. Not sure if that's going to be on Mountain West Conference's um, service. I think it's called Stadium. And then Saturday, September 11th, like we noted, football will be taking a trip down to St. George, take on Dixie State. That match will be, or that game will be at 8 p.m. It'll be on ESPN Plus, or you can listen to Steve Clocky on the radio, 103 won the wave. And then finally, Sunday, September 12th, soccer will be taken on UC Riverside at Wildcat Soccer Field. You can go check that match out at 1 p.m. or catch it on ESPN Plus. So those are kind of our upcoming things going on on campus and around uh, this week. Uh, we're going to wrap the show up, guys. If you uh, have any ideas, want to email us, go ahead and feel free. Weberstateweekly at gmail.com is the place. Send us your ideas. Send us your feedback. Love to have it. We're also on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Twitter is the best place to interact with the Weber State Weekly team, especially on game day. Uh, but we also have a Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly. Become, become a patron of Weber State Weekly. You can get in our private uh, game day chat on Slack, which is a ton of fun. That's where, we, uh, that's where we put our takes that we don't put on Twitter. That's where the real conversation goes on. So check it out. Patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly. And we've got a one blog. Thing, one thing about the game day thread, the only place to get Sean's halftime grades every game. <laughs> that that's true actually sean you did put the you put the grades in there and uh i enjoyed them i really appreciated that because i was like yep after the first half and then at the end of the game sean has grades in there and uh, that's the only place you can get them folks so go to patreon.com slash weber state weekly and get in on that and then finally like i said we have a blog weberstateweekly.com uh we shared our thoughts as a group there on our blog uh, just just before the game on Thursday, and we'll probably do that again soon. So WeberStateWeekly.com and check out the blog, and uh, there's plenty of content for there for you to check out. So, fellas, we're going to wrap up the show like we usually do. Appreciate you gentlemen for taking the time, and I'll say it like I always do. Weber State, Weber State. Great. 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 <laughs> Great. <laughs> Go Wildcats. Oh! <laughs>